0: what's up everybody welcome to studio wesley annex the audio visual podcast where we talk about the lectionary texts of the week it only took me two times to get the intro right this time uh and we are cooking we are rolling with all our crew here allison how are you doing
1: I'm I'm good. It's 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 a Monday. It's a very Monday Monday, but I'm awake, which is good because a lot of times I feel like I start these saying I'm tired and I'm not tired today. So
0: have you have you ever watched the YouTube video called Ghost in the Stalls?
1: I have not. It
0: starts off with this really dramatic it was a Monday. And that's just like any time it's a Monday, I think of that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if you watch it, please let us know. Uh, Drew, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. I'm tired too, but I'm happy to be here so
0: Oh, there's a doggo. There's a doggo. Oh,
3: you can-
2: yeah. Oh wow, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> he what sometimes. a good,
0: what a good boy.
2: Oh, he's, the, he's so
4: pretty said, there's another he's dog a-
2: too. If you can see in the corner down there. that one's oh. oh, oh, wow. creepy.
0: Okay, but that felt so polite. He was like in the background. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, I'm. I'm well, right here. I would like. I him. just got home
2: from work and I didn't get to give him very much attention at all. So he's kind of like.
0: What's what what's his it? name? Uh, that's Kai. Kai. Hi, Kai. You can't hear me. It's fine. What a good boy. Okay. Sorry. I'm <laughs> gonna, this is very this is, okay. Uh, and we have Vendela. How are you doing?
3: I'm so good. It's only 11 a.m. here for me, whereas I think it's in the afternoon for you guys. So yeah, Los Angeles, but yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, we are. That's that makes sense now why our schedule is in two different time Yes, really, I really ah.
3: appreciated whoever did that because I've been calculating it myself recently and it's actually really difficult to calculate three small hours difference. Yeah. No, for yeah.
0: sure. Man, shout out to Derek. What a guy. He, looking out. Looking happy. out for the team. Yes. I love that so much. All right. Uh, we are going to dive right in. This is our second episode of season three. Uh, we're in ordinary times. If you're wondering what that is, uh, Derek does a much better description than I could ever possibly give <laughs> in episode one of season three. So check that out. Our last episode. Uh, I'll open us up in prayer real quick. Uh, Dear God, thank you for bringing us here together um, all across time zones with animals, with people. We hope that anybody that obtains these words in any way, shape or form uh, finds value and finds use. And we ask that you guide us through these scriptures as we um, figure out what the heck they mean to us and hopefully to other people in Jesus name. Amen. And. That launches us into Allison. So excited for the New Testament text. Are you ready?
1: I am, yep, I'm ready. Let's do Take it. Take it away. Yeah. So so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I with this verse, usually I have to read them a few times and there's always like a an aha moment or like a oh, wow, they said this thing. That really stuck with me. And I had a hard time finding that with this verse. So I'm just gonna I have a few things written down and I'm just gonna we're just gonna talk about it and maybe that aha moment will come. Um, I even like look looking at a few different translations too, trying to find it. But I have Philippians one, twenty-one through thirty. Um, from my understanding, from some research I did trying to figure out what this text is about, it's a letter Paul is writing. Um, and the first I mean, one of the things that I do think is interesting is when you're reading through these verses, it's like you know, like, I don't know if you guys are people who journal, but you know, how, like when you're journaling, it's just like a a train of thought. Like you're like your, your opinion or your thought might change like halfway through and you just keep writing it out. And that's like kind of how this is written. So there's like parts where he's like, maybe I'll do this or maybe I'll do this. And he's like, actually, I think this is what I'm going to do. It's so, like, he's like actively making those decisions as he's writing. And I think that's super interesting. Just like that train of thought. And I don't, I think it's just because like, it's just such like a real life experience of like how our brains are working. And I just thought that was really neat. Um, But yeah, I think um, as I read through this, so like verses 27, I was like 27. So here is what I want you to do. Conduct yourselves as true and worthy citizens of the anointance gospel so that whether I make it or don't make it to see you, I will at least hear that you can, you continue to stand united in one spirit, single-minded and purpose as you struggle through Together for the Faith and the Gospel, I can read today. Um, That was the voice translation. Um, I read That was one of the ones that I read. But that was probably, like, the one part where I was like, I think this – I think I could talk about this a little bit because I feel like it it brings together that concept of like unity working together, um, which I feel like is really hard to do sometimes. Um, And I know for myself, I have like, I am a solitary person. Um, I do better when I'm just like given things to do and I can just like hide in my little hole and bubble and just work on things alone. Um, But I think looking at these scriptures, it's talking about, you know, like in order to do these things and make these changes um, and be these people, kind of like working together in faith, working together um, to follow our paths and to um, discover the things that we need to do. Um, We have to have that unity. Um, And I think that's like as close as my brain could get to an aha moment. Um, Just because, like I said, I am so solitary that sometimes I think I need like those little reminders of like, you don't have to do this alone. And in fact, It's probably better if you don't do it alone. Like there are moments in life where it really, you you know, finding people and working with them and doing the things is not that bad. Just like things like Studio Cyanex, where like you know I'm on here and sometimes a little hesitant about it, but I also tend to learn a lot of stuff while I'm sitting here, and it's actually like kind of fun to hear what people say. So,
0: yeah, Allison, I I love that you started off with this the introspective side of things. We I had to do this paper in in college one time where. We like weren't allowed to edit. We had to just write our mental process as we went. We had to go and just type away. And if you messed up, you just indented and yeah. went again. And I, 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 as it, as it relates to this conversation about unity and you can rely on other people, I feel like um, the impulse is to is to self edit and to not show our whole mental process throughout the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then it's um, but you really open the door for other people to get involved when they can see your journey through it and know your process of thinking because one that clues us in that we're not alone in this need for <laughs> perfection and two um that people can speak into any part of that journey and if you're feeling like uh you're confused yourself you know it helps a lot so I'll leave it there that's all I'm gonna tack on but yeah great awesome thank you
2: one of the things that it made me think of when when you were reading it about like unity and stuff is you kind of describing, like, how it can be hard to, like, with people and stuff. And I think that for me, like, I'm usually, I'm really completely comfortable with working with people, like, in my church. And I feel like it's easy to, like, sort of envision, like, your church experience as, like, my church. And then there's another church across the street, but, like, we're not really, to, you know, they're over there, we're over here. And I think that that's, like, the part that I struggle with is, like, trying to, like, in this letter, it's, like, he's making the effort to, like, try to have all these things come together and be one. I think that's like, that's interesting to me. Cause it's like, I think, I think it's hard, especially when people you, you look at them and they have different like beliefs about the same things, you know, what i trying to say. They have opposing beliefs about things that are important and it's like hard to work with them. And that's what that made me think of.
3: Yeah, I really liked, um. I thought it was so interesting it was written like a journal because like I, I've been keeping a journal for like I want to say like a little over 10 years now but like which is yeah it's literally like my biggest accomplishment guys so like that's it that's you don't need to be impressed by anything else that, that was all but um I just thought it was so interesting because like yeah like Mike was saying like I love seeing like people's like thoughts or like doodles or things like that because I think that sort of not only reveals kind of like the humanity behind it and like that not everything's perfect but also it just lets you in a little bit like on what's on their mind what they think is important you know and things like that and like their perspective and I just really enjoy um seeing other people's perspectives and their experiences so I like that it was kind of in that format I guess yeah
0: yeah heck yeah well, let's uh, get let's keep the ball rolling with uh, our old. We're shooting to the old testament, old tech old testament. I think is what I just said, old testament. Um, Drew, are you more ready than I am? Hopefully, awesome. uh, take, yeah. Take it away. Be
2: sure, but so my scripture is Exodus sixteen two through fifteen. So, uh, this scripture is taking place in you know they're in the wilderness. And it's very shortly after the exodus from Egypt, right? So the Israelites are really struggling, and they specifically they're struggling with food, right? Like they don't have enough food, they're starving, and um, the people are just frustrated. And so in the beginning, it says that they're uncertain with the leadership of Moses and of Aaron, right? So the scripture points out that in reality, these complaints are directed at God and not at the leaders like they think. And of course, it doesn't say what they said about these people, but, you know, about their leaders. But you'd imagine that uh, it wasn't so nice. Not something you would say to God, for sure. Um, Probably personal attacks or criticisms. And so I thought that it was interesting that in the scripture it points out that these are actually attacks on God and not on the leaders. And I think that that's helpful for what, how we treat our leaders in church sometimes. Um, but So even with uh, the scripture pointing out that the people are in a way like directly attacking God for, you know, the lack of uh, food and just the experience that they're going through, which is hard for them, uh, he still provides for their needs and he provides them with the food that uh, they're asking for. So... Uh, this it sort of reminds me of how people always say that we're like God's children, right? Like you hear it all the time if you grew up in church or just around church. And I feel like it's like, yeah, okay. But I think that uh, in this passage, it feels like literal, like literally two chapters ago, God split the Red Sea and he delivered them from the slavery. And then in the next chapter, he provides them with water when they're thirsty and so the, the people have and you know even after God has provided them with this, these things, they just complain and they are not grateful for the blessings that God has already provided them, the, the great miracles that he's done. And uh, obviously God has delivered time after time um, but they don't like, they don't embrace him fully for the things that he's done. And it's like to me in this scripture it's like God feels like, the, like a parent who's dealing with like a cranky child who like, no matter what, they just can't be pleased, right? Um, and he would I think he would have every right to just be done and throw his hands up and not do the things that they're asking, um, but of course he doesn't do this. And uh, I think even with the lack of appreciation, uh, God proves over and over that he'll continue to provide. And um, so I'm not not sure how other people usually read the Exodus story um, because, you know, they have a very different experience than us. But I usually try my best to try to connect it to, you know, our experience today. And it made me sort of think about some of the maybe ways that we tend to overlook like miracles and blessings that God provides for us. And instead we often focus on like the deficits or whatever the next thing is that we need. And, uh, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking of like, uh, if you're in college or you have a big test, like if you've ever experienced it, then you know that when you're, you know, you, you're in your car or whatever, and you're about to pray to God to take the stress off your shoulders, like, uh, it feels like existential. And, um, like similarly to the Israelites, when we are in need, uh, we like we like to pray like our lives depend on it, I think. But then after God provides the thing that we asked him for, like uh, we don't always go back to him and uh, like thank him afterwards for that thing that just felt so big and so like life changing after he's provided that thing for us. Um, Oftentimes we're already on to like the next thing. We don't spend that time to like be grateful for what he's already done. So that's that's what I took from that.
1: Yeah, I think, gosh, I wrote a couple of things down that you said because I was trying to decide what I kind of wanted to speak on. Um, but that last thing you just said about um moving on to the next thing, like getting, you know, talking to God getting through the things and then like skipping that step of like thanking him for it. Cause you're so moving on to that next thing so fast um, is so real. Cause I think um, I think sometimes we get so stuck in that pattern of like step by step by step by step. And we're just trying to take those steps to get through like our everyday lives, to get through those bigger events that we might be struggling with, or to get through, you know, things that are getting in our way that we we forget to go back and do those things. Um, and I feel like it connects a little bit too, to you use the phrase, and I wrote this down to use the phrase, embrace him fully. Um earlier like when you were talking and I think it goes back to that too like we're missing that step there as we were like going step by step by step by step and moving forward through the next thing so I just kind of like those little connections.
0: I want to to relate this to the fact so I recently moved into a new apartment and it's like way bigger than my old one so I'm like I was constantly looking at this empty apartment like wanting it to be filled and with every piece of furniture that I got as soon as I got that piece of furniture, it didn't matter anymore. I was like, well, now I need this other piece of furniture. And it feels very like resemblant of that. Instead of like appreciating each piece that got that contributed to this like full experience, like, no, I needed I need like everything to be done right away, which is kind of similar to, to what you're saying. And then I just wanted to um jump back. I I cannot remember who brought this up. It may have been Derek in a past episode, but just the I think there's a big impulse in a lot of religious communities to say this sort of questioning of God or like asking for, asking for things and like, or not being appreciative or being upset with God, like that all these things sort of contribute to a lack of faith. Like you don't have faith in God to just provide the thing for you. Or you're not going to like pause and appreciate when, when really, and I think it was Derek that said, this is like, the fact that we can engage in those conversations with God of like, Hey, what about this? Or like, Hey, now here's this other thing that I want. And we do have that on the brain that in it of itself speaks highly to how much faith we have is that we're able to engage with God in those conversations. Um, And yeah, I think a lot of the times God's like, "Uh, please just for the sake of me, be patient. Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, I don't know. Just the fact that we can engage in those conversations says a lot to, our relationships with God um, and that he'll, he won't bail on it. So, okay, that's it.
3: Yeah. I think what you were saying, like, I think that making God himself coming down to earth as a human, I think really opened it up to like, like, okay, like here's a God we can approach and be vulnerable with and like communicate with openly and comfortably, because if we can't do that, then like what is really the point, you know, um, of not being like, loved fully, I guess, if that's the promise. Um, And that's, you know, despite any sort of questioning thoughts or wondering or whatever, like, and not even despite, it should be, it's like the bare minimum, like, if you are loved fully, you should be loved despite, or with all of those kinds of thoughts. So I think that, um, that was like the ultimate demonstration of like us being able to be fully comfortable with him because before that it was like oh you like sacrificed animals and it was very like removed it was less of a like personal um, thing I felt like religion and now we have like the Holy Spirit lives inside you have this like personal thing that like you need to sort of like foster and you can choose to put energy into it or you can choose not to and you know you're going to be loved anyway so I think that that is sort of important. The other thing I was going to say is I recently just read this book and it was talking about, it's like sort of a spirituality, um, mindfulness kind of thing. And I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but it was talking about how like every second um, is something you need to appreciate, which sounds so just really difficult. But it was like, if you're constantly sort of like, thinking about the next thing like oh I'll be happy when or I'll be like excited or I'll be happy to be here if this happens it's like when you get that thing like you were saying like it's just you're gonna think of the next like it's just gonna happen like that's just the way it is unless you like choose to like just take a deep breath it takes like a lot of mental energy I think to ground yourself and make yourself grateful what's happening right now especially when it comes to like god giving you things or opportunities or things like that so easy to just be like oh i'll be happy when i get this or when i get that so yeah i think that's really difficult but important to do
0: (laughs) yeah speaking of taking a break taking some seconds and time to be appreciative we're gonna take some seconds and time to appreciate everybody that's watching the show Um, and we will continue to appreciate you even if you choose to use your seconds to move on to the next thing. Uh, Hopefully that next thing is just the second half of this episode. All right, we'll be back soon.
4: My name is Cindy Buchanan, and I'm your host. What is Studio Wesley Cafe, and what is in that mug you ask? Both great questions. Well, first and foremost, I'm drinking a coffee with oat milk, because that's my bed of choice. But more importantly, Studio Wesley Cafe is Studio Wesley's newest creation, where I and special guests am going to be talking about, While well, the things you might talk to your friends about over coffee, we'll be talking about music, and movies, art, social media, current events. Um, I guess some might say culture. And we're going to be talking about the ways that all those things intersect with our lives as people on a spiritual journey. Does that sound like something you might be interested in listening to? I hope so. Starting September 15th, every other Friday, a new episode will drop. So grab your Bev of choice, whether it be coffee, tea, water, because we all need to stay hydrated and join us
0: And we're back with Studio Wesley Annex. I hope you had a good break. We talked about dogs. We saw some dogs. We told anecdotes about dogs. I love dogs so much. We should do an episode where, I think I've said this before, we should do an episode where our pets are just on screen and then we we voice over. That would be the, the most, that would be the best Annex episode ever. Um, but the, that now is not the time. <laughs> now is the time for Vendola to take us into Psalms chapter 105, I think. Yeah, Vendela, you feel good? Feel ready? Yes,
3: yes, I feel so good. I feel so ready. Take it Um, away. Yeah, so my chapter was kind of like split into two. The first section was kind of like a call to action, a bunch of like action verbs and like things you should do and stuff. And then the second was sort of like a story that served as like evidence for like why you should do all these great things for God. So like the first section had all these verbs like it was like, give thanks, let the whole world know what he's done, sing to him, tell, exalt, And then it also had these other verbs that I sort of liked a little bit better, I guess you could say. It was like search and seek him continually and remember the wonders he's performed. And it sort of reminded me of a conversation that I'd had earlier, um, sort of about like a never ending journey of connection with God and I really enjoyed that and so while the first set of verbs are kind of about like spreading the gospel to others it was like the second set of search and seek and remember was about cherishing yourself and your relationship with God sort of like a personal more intimate connection and um it's very humbling because it's sort of like a constant effort to do that. It's a journey to become better and there's always room for growth. Um, I think because of that, it's a little more difficult, I would say, even though like I prefer it just because I am more of an introverted person. Um, oftentimes, like we sort of forget, I feel like, especially like me, sort of why we do what we do, like loving others, loving everybody, because it's been a long time, like since the scripture was written, and our attention spans have been heavily affected by, like, technology, among other things. And so it's hard to take that time to be more mindful and more humble. And our society is very individualistic. So, like, our success is based on other people's perceptions. So it's a lot easier for us to sort of show and to worship and to spread the gospel physically with conversations, I think. Um, And it's harder to have that quiet, reflective time. I know for me, my thoughts just run wild. And so I think that having that historical context of like, then there was a lot of religious persecution. So it was easier to have that personal relationship with God because demonstrating it could get you killed. Whereas like now, even though religious persecution still definitely exists, it's a lot of spreading and wanting to save others, do good things for others. And it's harder to be more mindful. Um, But Christianity is a lot about like looking to other people's core and empathizing with their situation, even though it might be like nothing like your own. Um, I mean, that's like basically what Jesus did with every sort of person, every like outcast, even though they didn't deserve to be. And the stipulations for outcasts are created by us. It's just like a, basis of what is normal versus abnormal, and it's not really any more concrete than, like, the emotions you feel throughout your day, but to me, being a Christian is this constant effort of, like, rejecting, not ignoring, but rejecting this, like, social rules that position some of us as, like, more preferable or normal, and it's constant and humbling, and it's a never-ending journey, and it should be understood as so, just like your relationship with God um, and that connection and putting energy into it. Because the second we stop rejecting these systems that position some of us that we like in ways that we never really like deserved, you know, is when we kind of close ourselves off to helping and reaching out and empathizing with people that Jesus would have noticed or picked out in a crowd, um, despite other people overlooking them. So, like the scripture says, we need to remember the history and to remember who's an outcast then and who's an outcast now and how it's just a very ephemeral, uh temporary sort of nature to these systems that keep people as outcasts and other people as normal. And we have to seek seek and search God like constantly, knowing our journey for this connection is just it's never going to end. And I think that I really like that It's sort of comforting because the second we think that we're like done and that we're kind of good and we know all there is about his teachings and stuff, then we kind of reached a sort of like Christian enlightenment and it causes us to just cling to what's easy and comfortable and to shut out like opinions and people that are different than us. And I think that... <laughs> Asking why we're uncomfortable about that particular topic or this situation, it's what Christianity is. Like Christianity isn't supposed to be just comfy. It's supposed to challenge us and it's supposed to sort of challenge us to reach out to people and to empathize people that aren't like us. It's a continuous work towards the acceptance and the love that everybody deserves. And I think that's truly what makes it good. Christian. And so I really like this passage because it just sort of highlighted that constant work that needs to be done. Um and yeah, that's about it. That was a lot I know, but I just really enjoyed it. So yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh so one of the when you're talking you're talking about sort of the process that you know we go through as Christians to get closer to God and stuff like that. And that was that made me think of um well, for me personally, like time. Like I think that so sometimes like one of the ways one of the best ways in my opinion to get closer to God is to consistently like read scripture and pray and devote specific, like you call it quiet time, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, to God and working towards getting closer to that. And I think that like you're talking about attention spans, like it can be really hard. Like I feel like on a lot of days it's like things are so busy and it's like you do one thing you do one thing you do one thing and it's like your time feels like you got to spend it like uh sparingly i guess like you if you've got a certain amount of time it's very hard i think for me personally to like set that time out i feel like a lot of times it's like you get to the end of the day and it's time for bed and it's like you haven't you still haven't done it it's like oh maybe i'll read bible for a minute and then you like fall asleep like does. That's what made me think of in that experience and how it can be really hard to, like, set that, set that time and that, like, intentional effort.
1: Yeah, I want to um, – at the very beginning when we started talking, I just want to, like, rename something you said. Um, you said we forget why we do what we do. Um, and I think I just – Versus th- like phrases like that or verses like this one where it kind of reminds us that of things like that are important to me because I think that's something that I do often, you know, I get stuck in like my day to day lives, the chaos, the busyness. Um, and when you get in times of like, uh, you know, maybe sometimes when life is just crazy and everything seems not good and maybe there's a little bit of like hopelessness, you know, not remembering while we do what we do is harmful to that. So like having verses like this that are like constantly like, here's why we're doing it. Things might seem bad right now, but here's why we're doing it, I think are super helpful um, just to have and to hold and to know um, that those exist.
0: And it's like r- really inviting to, to say like that reflective time is really hard because I well, I feel the same way. I'm like, I can't sit down and meditate to save my life. Are you kidding me? Because my brain's firing like 100 miles a minute. I do think it's very welcoming to, to bring it up in the context of this is why we do it. Um, because I don't think we have to have a calm mind to meditate, you know, like meditation. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm not an expert here, but you know, um, I don't think God needs the mind to be clear to meditate. I think if you're approaching meditation or any of these other spiritual, spiritual practices with a chaotic mindset, but you're still trying and making that effort, I, I feel like that's fully welcomed and encouraged, um, So yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. This was great. Um, And then the the, the way you were talking about rejecting the systems that create outcasts and welcoming systems that help everyone. I think that's a great segue into the chunk that I'm going to be talking about, Matthew 20. So I'm just going to launch right in because I'm excited with how that connects. But first, I'm going to back it up a little bit. So I'm talking about the parable of the workers in the vineyard. That's kind of like the Title that this chunk has been given. So, in this parable, there's a guy. Let's see, what is this? A landowner. He's just referred to as a landowner. We'll call so there's a landowner and he's walking around the town and he sees some people just hanging out and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And they're like, Well, we don't have work, so we're not doing anything. He's like, Well, come work for me. I'll pay you. And then they go and start working. A bunch of hours later, same thing, walking through the town, sees more people. Hey, you're not doing anything? Well, come work for me. And this happens a few more times. So by the end of the day, he's got a full crew of workers, all of them that have been working different lengths of time, some for a little bit, some have been working all day. And at the end of the day, he pays them all the same wage. And the people that have been working all day are like, Hey, what the heck? We've been working way longer. Why aren't we getting paid more? And he he says to them, um, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for this amount? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I give you. Don't I have the right to do that? Uh, do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? And this is, and then we get the critical line that we've all heard at one point. So the last will be first and the first will be last. That's where this parable ends. Um, so on impulse, when I read this parable, I think of all the times in my life where I feel like I did way more work than other people and then, um, didn't get acknowledged for it. So I, my, my impulse is just this one that's like a little bit of frustration. I'm like, come on y'all. What is this story? Inequitable pay for labor. That's a problem. This is bad business practice. Um, I think, I think we are like beside ourselves to not acknowledge the fact that there are personal implications of how we would feel in this situation. Um, Yeah, I work way longer and harder and I don't get paid as much. What are you saying, Jesus? Um, Obviously, I think um, we can tell this is a story of faith, no matter where you are on your faith journey or how long you've been on that faith journey, you still deserve the same benefit and reward of said faith journey. Um, So whether it's somebody who's been a Christian their whole life or somebody who just found God very recently and is still struggling with it, God is saying very clearly like, those people deserve the same in my eyes. I will love them the same. There's no difference, right? Um, so then I ask why um, why this is such a like triggering triggering I don't want to use that word why this is why that story sticks on my brain so much. And then I have a, I have a couple thoughts that I just wanted to throw out there. Um, I'm I my impulse looks at this from the worker's point of view, not the employers. And when we look from the employer's standpoint, the employer being God in this parable of faith, right? Um, he's going out and he's seeing people without work. So in this context, this day and age, people without work, that probably means that they're also unable to support their families at the time. Like if you're not working, you're not making money, you're not supporting your family. And then this this employer says to them, oh, you don't have work? Well, come work for me. So this isn't a story about the work, which is so, what we're so quickly to think of from the workers perspective. I think it's a story about generosity um, and this very generous employer, God being the very generous one, instead of looking at it defensively thinking, oh, this is unfair, blah, blah, blah. I think it's the total opposite. The owner is providing fair treatment in that he's providing a livable wage. He's not paying for the work. He's paying so that these people can support their families. He's paying for the job and he wants to take care of everybody. And For these people that he didn't see until later in the day, Um, and he just now was able to hire them, he's still going to give them the livable wage because for him, I think it's more about supporting the families that these people are giving them the income so that they can have a sustainable life, giving them the purpose of like having this job and working. It is fair if we're looking at it from the standpoint of we're trying to help people wherever they're at and give them exactly what they need. And what they need is a, a full day's pay. like. That, that is what they need, whether they work the full day or not. What they need to survive is that exact thing, and that's the fairest thing that he could be doing. And it's uh, very reminiscent of, of God's kingdom for me, which is it's not about how long you've been working or how little. Like Everybody who gets to that place deserves, um, deserves what they need to survive. Um, I hope that makes sense. I'm going to leave it there. And call it good and I would love to hear what you guys have to say about all that
3: okay it was so funny because when you first started talking I was like mad like I was like yeah like they deserve like to have pay based on hourly wages like come on guys but then the second you started relating it to like faith and how like nobody who's you know had the Christian faith longer than others is gonna get like more rewards or something I was like Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying now. So it was just funny because that, like, clicked in me. I was like, dang, it's a good thing that system's not in place because um, I'd probably be lower on the totem pole. Like, I was like, like, I'm glad it's more of, like, an all-encompassing, like, well-being kind of thing. And I think that message is really hard to, like, get across when you first just start looking at the story and then you start comparing to other things because usually they are always deeper meaning stories where like originally you look at them and you're kind of like frustrated, but then once you've related something, you're like, okay, I understand where they're coming from now.
1: Yeah, I feel like everything you said, Mike, was very validating. Like like you just kept talking and I was like, yes, Yes. Yes. Like over and over again. I mean, you started with that whole, I, I'm not going to, I couldn't, even I was trying to write it down, but it was so long that I know I'm not going to get it word for word. But you said something like, no matter where you are, or how long you've been on your faith, like no matter where you are in your faith journey, or no matter how long you've been on your faith journey, that you still deserve the same things. Um, and I think that is so important to name because I think sometimes we can get lost in the like, well, you know, I haven't really practiced anything faith wise in a while. Or I'm I'm brand new. I just started, you know, doing this thing. Or maybe I go to church every Sunday, but I'm not super active in groups and I don't have time to volunteer. And so I think we get stuck in this like I'm not doing enough to deserve these things. And so I think the way you said that made it so validating that that, that necessarily isn't the case and that's not what matters. Um, and then you just like close it off with everybody deserves what they need to survive. And that was just beautiful. So all the things.
2: Yeah, that was kind of what I was going to say, too. The, uh, the I think, um, also, you could look at it, you could also look at it like, it's it's great that I can be assured of that when I don't do certain things, that that promise is still there. But in turn, I think it's also a good reminder that we should never look at other people like that either, just because you do go to every small group or because you do go to every trusty meeting or whatever it is that you might do it doesn't it god doesn't operate on the same sort of like high hierarchical i can never say that systems that we do right like he god looks us looks at us all like we have the baseline like um ability to be saved and the ability to be accepted into his kingdom the same way that that the man looks at them like they all have the same right to live and make money so i think that that's really like like allison was saying it's very like assuring and like affirming
0: yeah my fa- my favorite part of these episodes is that we're able to look at these scriptures like talk about how they hit us in a way that's like why i don't like this or i don't get this or this is frustrating or we're like Jesus, what's the marketability of you telling me this story? I don't understand. And then um work our work our ways into the, the, the paths that make sense for us and make sense for where we're at in our journeys. So um yeah this this has been really great, y'all. I appreciate every single one of you. Um I just want to close this in prayer real quick and then we'll we'll call it an episode. Season three is the bomb so far. This is so good. Um all right, Jesus. Once again, thank you for bringing us all into this space together. Um, there's always this desire to relate all these stories together and come up with some nice, beautiful closing message. But I think there's so much in this content um, that you've kind of done that work for us. And we pray that everybody that, that hears this um, can kind of be encouraged to look into these stories and any other scriptures in the same way where it's like, you know, however I impulsively feel about it, that is valid. And it's just one step along the journey um, in getting closer to you and in feeling those frustrations and these things behind um, texts or even the confusion. That's all still um, a valid step in getting closer to you and uh, whatever this journey looks like for us. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. In Jesus name. Amen. Man, I yeah, I got no other closing remarks. I'm I'm. We got to see dogs. We got to talk about great things. This was awesome, y'all. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, until next time, this has been Studio Wesley Annex. Bye. Bye. Bye.